there's an old Australian paedophile lying, dying. And he gets himself up on one elbow and he turns to his mates who are all gathered round and he says, Watch me burning in hell, mate. Watch me burning in hell. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to Tuesday's Richie Allen Show, May 23rd, 2023. I'm Richie Allen, the BBG. Live from Salford. Do drop in on me via the app or via the website. Love to hear your thoughts today. I've got uh, a great guest. She was on the programme with me about two and a half months ago, Christy Grace. She's an expert in RNA, LNP and recombinant protein. She's a biotech specialist. She came on the programme to talk about serious problems with RNA-based treatments, mRNA-based treatments, even before the release of the COVID vaccines. She was terrific. She's a really interesting woman, very well briefed. Excuse me, so Christy Grace joins the programme a little bit later on this hour and I know you will have questions for me to put to Christy so uh, leave them via the app or via richieallen.co.uk Yeah, another glorious day here in the northwest. It's been a beautiful week and the weather is expected to continue gloriously into the bank holiday weekend to come. Hello. Hey, beautiful. Speaking of beautiful days, it just happens to be the birthday of one Caroline Tisserant, otherwise known as El Frogo Tremendo, otherwise known as Me Better Half. So happy birthday, El Frogo She's having a good day, even though she's working. There you go. Enough of that. Sered Davy is the leader of the Liberal Democrats, and he became the latest party leader to be outfoxed, to be outmaneuvered, to be outwitted by the cunning, the wily, pantomime dame himself, Nick Ferrari of LBC. This question that has been the undoing of every party leader in this godforsaken country. It's like kryptonite to them, this particular question. Of which question do you speak, Richie? I think we need to manage this. This is Ed Davey, by the way, Ed Davey. This and think about it and debate it with a bit more maturity and a bit more compassion. Well, that's what Sir Keir Starmer once said to me, and he never did answer the question, can a woman have a penis? Well, I've just answered that question. They can. Um, listen, I've made it really clear that if people, um, uh, the vast majority of people, will have the same gender as their biological sex, but a small number won't. So a woman can have a penis? Well, quite clearly. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Let's just hear that again. It's beautiful. So a woman can have a penis? Well, quite clearly. So a woman can have a penis? Well, quite clearly. Yeah, quite clearly. It's obvious. It's obvious. Yeah. Are you a cretin, Ed? Quite clearly. You are? Are you as impotent as a WWE wrestling official, Ed? Quite clearly. Quite clearly, yeah. Absolute. Don't swear, Baldy. Don't swear. Have you lost your own balls, Ed? Quite clearly. Quite clearly. 100% no. 
So a woman can, no, a woman cannot have a penis, Nick. Stop asking stupid questions. There's a cost of living crisis going on here. The Home Secretary is trying to avoid paying. No, she's not. She's not. Don't be putting that out there. I don't know what she's trying to do regarding the speeding fine and the three points on the license. I don't know. By the way, I'm going to sound a bit weird because I, I was back at the dentist earlier and they ripped out what was left of, of uh, stumpy teeth that I had after my misfortunes in the Lake District on Saturday. So I'm, I'm all over the bloody place. Like I said, I look like a cross between... I look like the love child of Shane McGowan and Joe Jordan. That's how I look today. But um, luckily enough, I'm not vain. Anywho, hey listen, it was quite the morning on LBC Radio. James O'Brien, who makes Richard Madeley look like a naturally gifted presenter. This is a mad stuff. I, I, I do... I have to check that these are not parodies, that this is not the presenter giggling, you know, winking and nudging with the production staff. But no, this is genuine. The presenter had a few minutes to kill. And because he had a few minutes to kill, we call it filling. Filling. I can't say F or S words. Filling. He had a few minutes to fill, so he decided to recount a trip to Thailand. And he realised when he was in Thailand that the persuasion of advertisements means that he and, ergo, we don't actually have freedom of choice. This is the most bizarre anecdote I've ever heard in my life, but I think it was, what would you call this? He was using this anecdote as a metaphor to make a confession about his private life. What do you think? I was looking at the menu in Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen in Thailand. And I think because I was on fairly strong painkillers. Now hold that thought, right? This is central to the metaphor. He was on fairly strong painkillers. Why? We'll, we'll come to that in a moment. I kind of started puzzling over it. Puzzling over what? Because the smallest amount of ice cream was, I'm going to say, 100 baht. Don't, don't text me with Thai currency-related pedantry, all right? Right, so the smallest portion of ice cream was about 100 baht. That's the minimum amount of ice cream you could order. Sure it wasn't 100 baht. So the smallest was 100 baht, right? right? And say that was, I don't know, a litre. A litre? Of ice cream for 100 baht. But then the the next one up was two litres of ice cream for 120 baht. So picture me. Picture you... You've got a choice. You've got a litre of ice cream, the smallest portion, for 100 baht. The next ice cream is two litres of ice cream, double the ice cream, but only 120 baht. Picture you. What's going on in your mind? And you're on painkillers. We'll get to the painkillers. Eyes swimming. Pup- Eyes are swimming. Pupils dilated. Pupils dilated. This is important. This This might give some clue as to why he was on the painkillers. Maybe... That's not the only part of his anatomy that was dilated, dear listener. Bangkok Airport. Bangkok Airport. Pain- Lady Boy Town. Painkillers kicking in. Painkillers kicking in. Staring at this menu, trying to puzzle it out. <laughs> so if I buy five litres of this stuff, it's 40 baht per litre. But if I buy one litre of it, it's 100 baht. Well, I'm going to buy five. Obviously, I know a bargain when I see one. And then th- there's no voice in your head that goes, you don't want five. Litres of ice. You think, well, it doesn't matter. Even if I chuck half of it away, I'm still up on the deal. Of course I'm going to buy five litres of ice cream. That, that's, that's economics, that is. 
Do you think I'm stupid? I'm not paying 100 baht for one litre of ice cream when I can get five litres at 40 baht a litre. And the point is? And that's when I realised that I didn't have freedom of choice. <laughs> that's when you realise he didn't have freedom of choice. I reckon that story is a metaphor. James went to Thailand to meet some ladyboys. I presume he went on his own and left the wife behind him. He needed painkillers because of his pupils being dilated, but I reckon it was another part of his anatomy that was dilated. I reckon he had five ladyboys. And I reckon the ice cream was vanilla. And you can fill in the rest of this metaphor for yourself. It's a family show. I won't go any further. That was genuine. Eight minutes past the hour. The things that make me laugh, they make nobody else laugh, but they make me laugh. Ladyboy. Nothing wrong with the ladyboy if that's the thing you're into, by the way. You know, each to their own and all of that. Freedom of choice and all the rest of it. But I reckon he'd better check into the nearest STD clinic the minute he lands back at Heathrow. Okay. Um, did you see this on the news today? On the news. Um, police arresting a motorist who lost the plot completely and jumped out of a lorry and started removing Just Stop Oil activists who were blocking London's Blackfriars Bridge. Did you see that? It was mad stuff now. Now, the act, sorry, the, the motorist was a little bit heavy-handed. He didn't punch anybody, you know, but he did roughly grab a couple of activists and push them pretty, pretty, I would say roughly, towards the pavement where police were standing because he couldn't get anywhere, you see, because these Just Stop Oil people were blocking the road. And then the police very aggressively arrested the man in question, threw him up against the van, and that set the internet alight. It set Twitter aflame. The police are Egypt's. And Steve McNamara is the representative for the Licensed Taxi Drivers Association, and he speaks about this on GB News. Drivers in London are getting more irate. My members are frequently detained by stop oil protesters. They're detained in the traffic. They're prevented from going about their business, their lawful business. They're prevented from helping keep London moving. Many of the people in the back of the cabs are, you know, going to important meetings. They're going, you know, places they need to be in a cab for and they need to get there. And the fact that, you know, half a dozen people or, or, or 10 or 12 people can block the traffic at will with a police escort just goes to show exactly what you said about how mad it's become. But I think the really worrying bit about the video there was the, the degree of force that the police showed with, with, the, with the, mm. the van driver. I mean, handcuffing him, throwing him against the van, when all the guy was trying to do was get to work. I mean, it really was completely over the top. And I think it's symptomatic of the problems we've got with the police, particularly in London, I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember when it was a police force. Now I'm told it's a police service. I mean, I, I like to think of it more as a police farce mm. because that's exactly what we've got. It's exactly what we've seen now. And whilst this was going on this morning, the Met have launched their latest figures about how well they've done. Mm. And you're thinking, well, have they done really well on crime? No, no, they're not talking about that. Have they done really well with burglary or, or drugs or anything? No, no, they've managed to issue 650,000 speeding fines oh, last great. year. Brilliant. And they're cheering it from the rooftops as yeah. if they've done something really clever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, um, it is one of those things. You'd, when we, we talk about parody, we, we, we talk about gaslighting to see the police walking alongside, effectively giving an escort to these people who are blocking a public road, a public highway, a primary road, a motorway, 
which is against the law. It is against the law to impede traffic, to stand in the middle of the road putting yourself and motorists and everybody else at risk. And yet the police casually stand around looking at these goons. And when the guy who's trying to get to work decides that he's had enough, I'm going to move these people myself, he finds himself under arrest. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> you just have to laugh. Good evening to Darren. Good evening to Keen. Darren says Ed Davey, Lib Dem leader, is simply a puppet to the masses who is afraid to speak his honest mind. Um, yeah, fair enough. Christine says, Richie, I feel your pain reads a dentist. Thank you, Christine. Hi to Richard Sunday. Hi to David. Hi to Chris. When you do send a message through the app or even through the website, can you make it interesting for me? Like, can you actually make a coherent comment on something we're talking about today? <laughs> I'm not having a go at you, but some of you send me these how are you getting on kind of messages. Listen, I'm getting on fine. I don't want to read your how are you getting on messages. Send me a message with something substantive in it about the times we're living in and make it coherent, please, or I'll find you and beat the granny out of you. I don't care who you are. Thank you. I jest. You make me laugh. That's the worst of this new app. The worst of it. It's too easy. You press a message, you've got your big fat fingers and your typos, you don't read it and you just press send. Read it before pressing send, you cretins. Thank you. Rant over 13 minutes past the hour. You can hear the smile in my voice. I'm taking the piss out of you. Don't worry, I'm only taking the mickey out of you. I'm glad that you take the time to message me at all, at all, at all. And I'm not repeating that song I sang at the beginning of the programme. No, I shouldn't have sung it de then. Then, I can't pronounce my THs now. You couldn't anyway. Melanie says, thanks, Richie. Two minutes in, I'm already feeling brighter and chuckling. Good on you. Chuckle away. Donald says, safety concerns and hostile security at a new migrant centre in Castlebar and sends me a link. Thank you for sending me the link. Hi to Gold Eagle Media, who says it doesn't matter if you're left-wing, right-wing, a conspiracy theorist or a critical thinker. At the end of the day, he says, it's night, good man. Hi to Bill. Hi to Diane. Diane, I got your email. I'll be in touch. I look forward to reconnecting with you, Diane. Thank you. Hi to Glenn. Monday's Joe, he says, fascinating interview with Sean. Thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate that. It was a very interesting conversation with Sean Walsh yesterday, wasn't it? Great guy, Sean. Really enjoyed speaking with him. Hi to Nev. Hi to Jenny. It's time to talk about something else. 15 minutes past the hour. Speaking of Rod Harris, he's died aged 93. This guy who was an entertainer in Australia and a musician and then migrated to the UK and had a lot of success in this country as well. Was convicted some years ago of offences against children including against a friend of his daughter's. He denied it till, well, up until the time that he died, but he was obviously lying. Here's Kevin O'Sullivan from Talk TV with his take on Rolf Harris and uh, his death today. If it's possible to celebrate a man's death, Rolf Harris is one such person. And we shouldn't be celebrating anybody's death, no matter what they did, because ultimately he didn't do it to you, Kevin. And he didn't do it to me. He might be a horrible bastard, and I'm sure he was, but celebrating people's death, well, it's not good karma, that, is it? Uh, the man was a monster. I mean, among his victims, uh, for 16 years, 
he secretly preyed on his little daughter's best friend. Mm. Uh, that's as well as other underage kids. One of his he was a sick puppy, all right. Victims was an eight-year-old female autograph hunter who he sexually abused. He raped these children. Uh, he did it secretly. He used his position of power and celebrity over many decades to prey on sex, his sexual victims. Uh, he was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. Uh, and frankly, uh, the world is a better off place without him. And it's interesting, isn't it, that w w part of the sort of MO, as I think the, the term is, Kev, on these things, is that these people tend not to think anything they've done anything wrong and that's the, the bit is there was never any apology uh, when he went to jail or when he came out of jail he never said look i've served my time i, I don't know wh why but i'm sorry what had nothing absolutely nothing he, at all. he was obstinate till, till the very end so he was a couple of comments on this phil has texted in ralph won't be applying for the this morning job now <laughs> no he won't <laughs> Oh, God. Alan uh, Gordy. Hi, Alan. He's listening to the podcast for many years, but he's listening live for the first time. Richie, maybe ask Volodymyr Zelensky, he says, for tips on getting some cash for the show. Thank you, Alan. I might just do that. Funnily enough, speaking of James O'Brien, do you think James O'Brien did go on an all-inclusive lady boy trip to, uh, to Thailand? What... What would be included in an all-inclusive lady by experience, do you think? Don't send me the... I don't want the answer. I don't want the answer. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm not interested in myself. I'm asking for a friend. Do you fancy a lady boy jaunt in Thailand, Richie? Ah, sure, go on, sure. A change is as good as a rest. A change is as good... I might try an old... I might try a lady boy for a change. If the missus ever leaves me, and that's, that possibility is becoming more and more, more and more likely as I carry on like an Egypt, I might just try a lady boy. Not a she-male or a trans woman, but um, an actual lady boy in Thailand. Might just go for it myself. It's 18 minutes past the hour. Christy Grace will be on the programme uh, soon. I'm getting um, a temporary bridge made up but I won't get it um, inserted for 10 days. So I'll have the temporary bridge in then. They're moulding it now. I'll have it in 10 days. And then I'll have two and a half months with the temporary bridge while my gums heal up before they put the new bridge in, the four-unit bridge in. Yeah, I hate the dentist. Although the people I met today, they were really nice. They couldn't stop offering me tea and coffee and stuff. Yeah, it was great, really. It was great. So the McCanns then, they began searching this reservoir, didn't they, this morning? Um, let me just bring that up because I don't want to make a balls of this. God knows I've made a balls of enough things today. Um, police officers have started digging near a reservoir in Portugal, right? Um, in this never-ending investigation into the disappearance of Madeleine McCann, this is the Arade Dam. It's uh, 31 miles from where Madeline went missing in Praia de Lutz. Praia de Lutz, or Praia de Lutz, 16 years ago. I remember this. I was living in Spain at the time. Everybody went mad about this story and everybody got involved. I think it's um, when they look back, when journalists look back, they attribute the interest to the growth in social media users. Users 
right? So more people were using social media and they got involved. But anyway, you know they're blaming this guy. The, the, the German police believe this guy, Christian Bruckner, did it. This 45-year-old guy who's in jail, right? This, this criminal who ha- has convictions for sexual offences against girls. He denies doing it. Um, interesting t- today, Jim Gamble is an expert in child safety. And here he is speaking on, funny enough, Talk TV about the level of interest that doesn't seem to have gone away, at least not on the part of the media anyway. Why is the media still so interested in Madeleine McCann so many years later, Jim Gamble? But moreover, the reason it has the profile that it does, uh, there's only one other case, you know, in modern times that is similar to it, and that's the case of Ben Needham. Yeah. And the difference in those two cases is that the Madeleine McCann case broke as social media was really beginning to take off. It was social media that raised awareness. You know, you had this little girl who was lost in a foreign country, and that's what it has in common with Ben Needham's case. So that incited public imagination. And and the irony for me is everyone initially, you know, feeling supportive and wanting to know what was happening next. And then you have a pivot moment because the beginning of the investigation was bungled. You then have the Portuguese police, the PJ at the time, and the judicial police pivoting to say after months, oh, now the parents are, are suspect. Yeah. The parents should have been suspect on day one and ruled out ruled out on week one, week two or week three. That's what you do. Mm. You don't go down a particular route and then pivot back to that when you can't, when you can't make progress. Yeah. So I think what that did is it divided the room. People took sides. And, and of course... You know, most people, most decent human beings who have a degree of kindness and compassion in their heart, they remain silent. Indeed. They keep thoughts to themselves. But there is a hardcore element online who see every opportunity to attack these parents as sport. And can I just say this, Ian, because it's important. When they do that, they leave a trail of bile in the online environment that whether you like or dislike the parents, support them or not, Madeline's siblings who have done absolutely nothing wrong have to wade through that digital bile every time they go online. Mm, Digital bile, online harms. Yeah, we hear you. Uh, Graham says, Rolf Harris once painted the Queen's portrait. She sat for it. How did he get that gig? The painting has apparently disappeared. Thanks, Graham. That is Graham E. Good, good points, that. Yeah, that was the... Him painting the Queen's portrait was the basis of a television programme, wasn't it? Rolf Harris, I do uh, seem to recall that. Hi to Andy, a number of you are delighted to be announcing that Sucharit Bakhti, the German virologist and epidemiologist, has been acquitted of hate speech crimes in Germany. Of course that's good news, So and so say all of us. I've been speaking offline to uh, Thomas Binder about that, so that's uh, very good news, yes. So we applaud that indeed. And Dean asks the question, Richie, was Operation U-Tree a diversion on behalf of the elite paedophiles by sacrificing, excuse me, sacrificing the low-hanging celebrity fruit whilst they continue to get away with their satanic activity scot-free, leaving the general public with the feeling that justice has been done? That's a good question, Dean. That's a legitimate question. I do not know... The answer to that, yeah. Um, Phil says it's it's um, it was the latent, it was the latent killed 
that wee girl, the cadaver dogs, indicated that there was a recent death in that apartment they stayed in, as well as in the boot of the car. But this is widely disputed by other experts, Phil. This is the thing, you see. And this Portuguese detective who pointed the finger at the McCann's, other detectives in the country and elsewhere, and you wonder why they would do this, you know, what, what, what would they have to gain? They've said that this is nonsense. So um, we'll never know, really. Will we? I don't think we'll ever know. Keep the messages coming in. RichieAllen.co.uk Leave a message via the app. And Chris says to Gardner, Richie, I find it interesting that the media who, who are upset, the journalists who are, up, who are upset about Rolf Harris being a rampant pedo, these are the same media who remain silent or even promote the current sexualization of children. Strange times we live in, says Chris. And that, again, is a very legitimate point. Well done. Bill tells me he celebrated Thatcher's death and he'll never apologise for that. I haven't asked anybody to apologise, Bill. You do what you want. I just have, I have suggested, is all, is that anyone who celebrates the death of anyone else who didn't do anything to them personally, is in a bad place. But uh, we, 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 this is a free speech arena, isn't it? Do what you want, say what you want. But uh, not someplace I'd like to be, to be honest, celebrating the death of people. I was horrifically abused by a, by, by a man who was supposed to look after me, physically, not sexually, uh, beat me morning, noon and night. But I didn't celebrate his death. I didn't. I, I wasn't triumphant, happy, joyous, thrilled when the man passed away. I didn't feel very much, really. You know, but that's just me. I'm certainly no saint, me. But, uh, yeah, maybe not the best place to be in. But but it's a, it's a game of opinions, these live radio programmes. Christy Grace will be with me in a moment. I'm looking forward to reconnecting with her. She is on Twitter, by the way. So do give her a shout at, say hello to her. She is at underscore heart of grace underscore at heart of grace at underscore heart of grace underscore. But you'll find her if you look for Christy Laura Grace. I'm on Twitter too, BBG Richie. But these days I very rarely tweet anything because I just can't stand it. (laughs) I really can't. I hate it. And all social media, I detest. 26 minutes past the hour. It's time for a tune this gloriously sunny Tuesday evening. And I mentioned earlier on that um, my better half, it's her birthday, so happy birthday. The BBC. Yeah, altered images and Claire Grogan. Happy birthday on the Richie Allen Show. 29 minutes past the hour of five o'clock here in the UK. Beautiful, beautiful evening. And the weather will continue to be beautiful over the forthcoming bank holiday weekend. So make your plans now. Get out in it. Get some of that natural vitamin D3. We need the supplements. We need them in the winter for the D3, for the magnesium and all the rest of it. But uh, get out in the sun while we have it. We don't get it 
very often in this godforsaken land, do we? No, we don't. Let's welcome back to the programme. Huge impact on this programme and on others. Um, she came on with us back in March, I believe. A biotech specialist worked on mRNA and RNA-based treatments before COVID-19 and found that there were serious problems even then. And we talked about this extensively last time. She told us when she was on with us last that a colleague of hers uncovered evidence that the Moderna and Pfizer jabs do in fact contain DNA. It was uh, bombshell stuff. Let's welcome back to the programme, Christy Grace. Christy, welcome back. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? I'm hearing it loud and clear. You said something very Irish a bit earlier on. You said the the reception here is shite, you said. And I thought <laughs> I thought that was lovely. Except you spelt shite really terribly. You put C H I T E when it's actually S H I T E. I'm giving you an Irish lesson today. But um why is it shite? I mean they're putting five G masts everywhere, Christy everywhere and yet I'm finding people even in Salford I'm in this city which is um, I'm right next door to the BBC headquarters um, you know at Media City there are 5G masts everywhere but yet people are reporting connectivity problems and slower internet isn't that strange? That is strange you'd think that it would be increased and have better reception Wouldn't you? Yeah maybe that's for another show can I ask you a couple of questions before we get into some of the recent discoveries that you've been talking about on your Substack account, which we will mention, of course, and on Twitter. Um, what do you make of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s run for the presidency? Is it something to be excited about? Is he going to be in a position to put in front of people who might not have seen the information that the vaccines are potentially harmful? What do you think of them? Um, his campaign so far because I see you've been retweeting him so I'm guessing that you think it might be a positive development that's that's a really interesting question I was excited when he announced he was running for presidency I, I'm one of those people that like to use the phrase politically homeless when it comes to politics and I felt that way before 2020 or all this this huge mess with regards to uh, like any of your listeners who are in the UK, here in the US, you know, we've got Republicans and Democrats, but things have become really polarized, and I didn't agree with one side on everything. And so when he came out and made his platform saying he was going to you know, push back against the, the RNA jabs, but also some other things as well, and I think he made a really huge statement. This was on Dr. Drew last night, and he said this other places, where he said the his, uh, like a, a huge concern for him would be for the government to stop lying to the people. And what a change that would make if they could just start telling the truth. But I'm, I'm hoping when you, when you asked about, you know, being put in a position here in the United States, we've got the RNC and the DNC for the Democratic nomination committee and then the Republican. So the worry is that the DNC does not place him as the front runner and the person to represent the Democratic Party, that he wouldn't be on the ticket for us to vote for him. So I don't know if he's going to try to run independent. I haven't heard yeah. him say what he's going to do with that. And if he did run as an independent, of course, it would be very easy 
for the mainstream media to ignore him, wouldn't it, Christy, and not to include him in debates on these issues, he would basically disappear into oblivion as an independent candidate, wouldn't he? I think so. And you're correct that our media is run by political parties and that they will you know, publish or promote things in in preference for a certain candidate or party. So yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, but I, I believe that because he works with Children's Health Defense, and then going back to what you said about, uh, his name is Kevin McKernan, not to be confused with a famous, I think there's a there's a soccer player, someone over in, in your neck of the woods that is uh, that name, but Kevin McKernan, uh, he's been on Children's Health Defense. He's the one who first initially discovered those DNA plasmids, and then it's been confirmed on other continents. Yeah. So I, I believe he has been working with them, but I can't, I can't be positive on that, but that Robert Kennedy does have advisors and I have to think that once things keep moving in that direction, that they're going to release more of that information on a global scale. Cause right now we're just on Twitter. When you talk about Substacks and the information getting out there, none of these discoveries have been put on the main media yet. Do you, I've seen some footage I don't know when it was taken, but it's it's of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. being very scathing in condemning anti-vaxxers or people who were asking questions about vaccines. Now that's that's fine. That that doesn't mean anything. It might mean that he had an epiphany. Do we think this is what happened with um, Kennedy Jr.? Do we think that he was very much of a you know kind of um, mainstream? politicians kind of opinion about vaccines but but he's changed his mind because of the harms caused by the COVID jabs has he had a an epiphany a kind of a road to Damascus moment do we think I wish I could answer that I haven't been following his career yeah yeah I should know what he said yeah I should make I'm treating you as if as if you've been following RFK Jr. around for the last 20 years which um, which you haven't no but it is interesting when these things happen when he gets so much attention because he's he's saying some important things that then you'll find a video of him criticizing people about and also climate change i think so but anyway it it, it matters um it matters not interesting times um the i think we've seen a lot of changes right dr mahatra yeah promoting the jabs in the beginning and now he's against them and i think just for me personally, you know, and I've talked to, you know, Dr. Drew has mentioned this and other people, and we might not always agree on what people say with every point that they make, that the ability for people to take a new information and change their position and not keep a rigid stance, even when they've got new information coming their way, the people that are willing to be flexible and then make course corrections, I think those are some important traits for people to have. Absolutely right, one hundred percent. It does amaze me when people in 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 alternative or independent media um, are so mistrustful of a man because he took the jabs and then later on said the jabs are causing harm. I mean, he's saying the jabs are causing harm. I mean, why would he do that unless he believed it? I mean, there's nothing in it for him other than disgrace and you know possibly harming his career i i i'm i'm with you on that i 
I, I tend to kind of keep an open mind as to why people do these things. Now, Christy is a biotech specialist, um, spends a lot of time working in laboratories, working on uh, the technologies that we, we, we speak about so, so often. And I must say, before I ask my next question, it's lovely to be ch- chatting with you again, by the way, that, that Christy is not, you, 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 I'm going to ask about excess deaths now. Now, Christy would be the first to say that she's no expert in excess death figures in the States or in Europe or in, or in the UK, but she is a researcher and a very good one and a very experienced one. And she's very adept at reading data and understanding data. From what I understand, Christy, wherever you look, um, excess death figures are up on five and ten year averages. And if you believe the press in the UK, you know, they'll, and in the US, they'll put it down to long COVID, which I'm, I don't know if that exists or not. They'll put it down um, to um, all, any number of things, but they will avoid at all costs talking about the vaccine rollout. What, what do you understand from what you've read, you know, if we can talk in layman's terms here, about excess death numbers and how revealing those numbers might be? in telling us about, you know, the potential harms of the jabs. Thanks for the kind words, Richie. No, you're uh, not. So I've been following uh, an account. Well, he, he's uh, he's someone I've talked to privately a few times on Twitter. His name is, he goes by the ethical skeptic. Uh, but I believe he's got a serious amount of intelligence uh, is in military. I don't know if he worked military intelligence or what exactly he's done, but he's been compiling the data weekly and then he's presenting them in graphs, and they can be hard to follow with the way that he presents the graphs. But uh, this gentleman by the name of the Ethical Skeptic, uh, every week he's posting data, and he has been making graphs, and he's been looking at what you said the last five to ten years, and then looking at whether this was related to COVID, the infection or not, versus the vaccine. And what he has found, and what also Edward Dowd has confirmed through Edward Dowd's research, is that around March of 2021, is when things just skyrocketed. When we look at you know excess deaths and talking about cancers, uh, lots of cancers, uh, suicide I know was in there as well, but the the cancer rate just went through the roof and the the inflection point, the the point where it really just shot up, where where if you looked at a graph and the line of the graph just just took off in measuring you know all cause mortality. And it just keeps going. Was the March of 2021 timeframe, and that is the month. I'm trying to think of the exact dates for it. Did the rollout here in the United States was I think end of December, early January, and it was people that were frontline workers, like hospital staff, police, firefighters, that were considered frontline. That they were getting the jabs first, and then a couple months after that. They were saying the immunocompromised, and then they opened it up to the general population just around March of 2021. And that is the point where it just skyrocketed. And that beats my counterpoint, because I was going to make a counterpoint there just to do my bloody job, right? I was going to say, well, maybe the diagnosis of cancer increasing was down to the fact that people were not getting examinations during the um, lockdowns and, and, and whatnot. But what you've just said there kind of negates that because we see this explosion of illnesses in people who were on the so-called front line who were given the jabs. So that beats the, 
the notion that the cancers is really down to people not getting exams because I know a, a great friend of mine, uh, Christy, a very important person in my life, my, my friend Paul, his wife passed away because of uh, down to cancer late last year, but she had been repeatedly denied examinations for the best part of 18 months that she had asked for. And, um, you know, she was one of those that was let down badly because they were ignoring people as the health service here became a COVID health service. But this is this this is astounding stuff, really, isn't it? You know, I'm so sorry to hear that, your friend Paul. Yeah, so yeah, it's terrible. And Paul is one of we don't know how many in this country, but it must be tens of thousands of people who might be alive if they weren't told to stay home and don't come into the uh, clinic for your MRI or your CT scan. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing this happened in the US, Christy, a lot. It did. It did. Uh, just my own personal story. I. I was out in nature. That was pretty lucky that we were able to, I think we were, we were able to move more in the United States than you were there in the UK. We didn't have that tier one, tier two, or tier three. But I remember seeing on your phones, you had to present, you know, they could go to like certain people's houses where we were, we were freer moving, but I, I got injured. It was like a light injury. I got cut while jogging and I had to go to the doctor to get stitches. And uh, when I went to the, just for like simple care like that, they, they had two sets of lines, and one was the COVID symptom line. I don't know if you had that in the UK as well, where they weren't treating people. There's been questions whether they got kickbacks or not. I guess it's not a question. You know, it's been stated yeah. for patients who have COVID, the hospitals. But, you know, I was placed in the COVID line, even though I was there with a the bloody leg. And I walked out and went to the pharmacy, and they patched me up. So I, I know even for either my, minor stuff and, like you said, other things, too, they were putting off anything that was elective or anything that was just proactively like doing just annual exams or, or you weren't able to go in person where they could have seen something that was wrong where over the telemed and the video visits you can't like you you're not there measuring blood pressure looking at skin color or there's just so many things i think that go into that that were so many diagnoses that were missed but now when you like going back to the you said excess deaths the charts that again his name is the ethical skeptic uh, on Twitter. He, it, it's still occurring. And then we've got what are called the the turbo cancers that are still occurring and they're skyrocketing. And you would assume that if things were taken care of and there was a delay in care, that wouldn't be happening. Like that, that wouldn't be part of the equation anymore because we're now in 2023. Christy is on Twitter, by the way. It's at underscore heart of grace underscore, but she's also got a Substack account. And I really can't recommend this highly enough, right? So it's Christy, which is spelled T-I-E, so C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, Christy Laura Grace dot Substack dot com. Get on there and subscribe to it today. And I follow you on Twitter, right? I don't spend a lot of time tweeting, but, but I do read. I'm a bit voyeuristic on Twitter. I read a lot of people like yourself, you know, and what you're doing and what you're saying because because you're, you're, you're qualified to talk about these things. And you're looking into, and your colleagues, evidence that there were concerns about the jabs being contam- contaminated and that these were concerns that were understood by the manufacturers of the jabs. And yet the jabs went out in the boxes, on the lorries, on the ships, and he went out all over the world anyway. Tell us about this, Christy. This is um, really important. I'd love to. Um, I had a question, though, for you before I I answer that, please. Go ahead. Richie, when you first talked 
about me in your last show, you made a comment about melting butter in the mouth and the way that I spoke or looked and don't let people don't don't be deceived by by how I look. Can you explain what you meant by that? I don't remember that. <laughs> like like don't be don't be fooled. Like something about butter melting in the mouth, and I had to look up the phrase. I thought, am I like sharp tongued on Twitter? Did did Maybe I say that? I get aggressive. Did you uh, um, did, did, could it possibly be the case that it was some other presenter who said that? Because that's not the type of thing I would say. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. I'll, I'll listen. I was back. just itching to ask you. Oh, you thought but, it but was... that's probably true because like I, ah. I look, you know, I'm 47. I look, I, I guess, like uh, you know, if you put a face to the stuff that's going out there, even though that's a stereotype or. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm, you've absolutely intrigued me. I'm going to have a listen back to our first conversation <laughs> later on. Did you think that it was a barbed comment that I was having a little no, dig? No, that's probably true. <laughs> no, no, um, no, I can't remember that now. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I might have said something when I mentioned your Twitter account because there's obviously a lovely photograph of you there. And in the videos, you know, um, you're not an unattractive woman, Christy. Oh, um, I didn't mean like that. I was looking for you to find just like ah, the stuff right, that yeah, I yeah, would yeah. say wouldn't match up because... Uh, you know, sometimes it's almost like battle out there. Yeah. Twitter can be a, I like to call it the spawning pit of degradation. And usually when people are typing away, when it comes to this stuff, people are throwing daggers all over the place too. Now I get you. Now I get what you're what, what, what you're saying. Yes, I might have made reference to the nonsense that you um, put up with online. And not just online, of course. And I might have made reference to the fact that don't um, misunderstand this woman by, by by her appearance, you know. Yeah, that you can stick up for yourself. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I might I might say, okay. Christy. Yeah, but um, so yeah. The, Going so, back to the plasmids, I, yeah. uh, I know the last show that I talked about RNA, and I used the the analogy that if your body is a house, and there are all these rooms that are organs in your house, or you have all these cells, and that in the nucleus of each cell is like a master computer. It has all the instructions that can make things in the body and that the the cells would take. Like, a, like if you think of a big computer and all the computers have similar information or different information, but they throw like a Word document out into the cell and that would be the, the RNA. And then if that loaded into like a 3D printer, which would be the ribosome, you could print whatever you want. That's how the proteins were made. I, I was trying to think of a way to, to describe the plasmids to people because so many of the presentations out there are hard to understand. So I, I don't know if it was okay to just uh, try to describe to the audience a different way to look at these plasmids and the contamination that's been found now by more than one scientist. Yeah, do, been... do. I mean, you did a terrific job last time. Again, I mean this. You did a really good job of explaining it in a way that somebody like myself, not 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 my listeners, but some somebody like me understood it, that I got the basics of it, and that's um pretty good because my my I'm I'm Homer Simpson a lot of the time with this stuff, like you've seen that episode where his brain just flies out of his head and he stands there nodding along, you know, but the brain is gone, like the brain is in the baseball park, you know, it's on the I'm diamond. Sure that's not true. It is. It is because I I had a terribly difficult time in high school getting my the equivalent of the high school d d diploma the the Irish version the leaving cert mathematics was a real problem for me and I failed it and had to repeat it and problem solving is not one of my greatest strengths so I do get lost very quickly and you did a bloody good job of 
you know, explaining that process. So I didn't, and I was engaged with it. So um, by all means, talk about right. the plasmids, yeah, because... Um, Thank you. And by the way, next time we speak, we will be in vision. So there will be awesome. a possibility for you to share stuff. And you can people see can my see living it. room too, or one of my other rooms, because I've been on some other shows and I, I tried to incorporate some of the the artwork and things that I've done on some of the podcasts because people kept asking, explain it to me like I'm 12. And I've been a science tutor for years. Yeah. And I, I think if you had a different teacher, you probably would have learned a lot more. So when I've made these sub stacks, I've tried to break things down and have it be a learning experience too, so people can learn a foundation of science so then they can be engaged in the conversation and and learn more about what's going on and importantly maybe then using your own using your method and using your own language explain it to the person living next door to them right or to a friend or a colleague at work maybe right exactly well, the floor exactly. is yours. By the way, it's 10 minutes to 6 o'clock here in the UK. We've got Christy Grace on the show. It is a pleasure to have her back. She's an expert in RNA, LNP and recombinant proteins, a biotech specialist. She was working on these treatments before COVID-19 and uh, it was known even then that these would present problems in the body, which we got into last time Christy was on the programme. It's over to you. Thanks so much, Richie. This is uh, this is going to be a pretty grim, grim stuff now. So uh, there's this thing called the central dogma of DNA, of biology. Um, so when it comes to the jabs, those contain RNA, and the RNA makes a protein. And I'm going to try not to use any language that's going to just glaze people's eyes over and be like Homer Simpson in the brain meeting. <laughs> so we don't want that. But the you know, RNA comes from DNA. The DNA is the starting point. And when we talk about plasmids, uh, again, imagining the body like a big house, and inside the house there's different rooms with different functions. And again, our, our body's instructions or blueprints are, are stored in the molecules, and that's stored in DNA. So if you think of the, the nucleus of the cell as where those instructions are stored, and those tell our cells what to do and how to work, not just proteins, how to turn things on again and off again and maybe you know, you know our, our body's making cells all day and proteins our livers making just i think a million proteins all day or cells and then our, our cells are also turning over so i mean about plasmids you know, these are tiny circular pieces of dna and those are usually found in bacteria mostly like when we think of dna in our human cells it's kind of like that ladder shape and it's it's got twists to it but plasmids are circular pieces of DNA that are found in some bacteria. And I like to think of them as like little extra storage units, almost like a, if we're talking about the computer analogy, like a little thumb drive or little extra drive. And scientists found these are occurring in bacteria and they could be used in biotechnology. So in biotech, the scientists discovered that they could take these plasmids from bacteria that are these little rings of DNA, and they can change them and insert different instructions in them or genes into the plasmids. So they're like kind of like Frankenstein them. So then they can make different RNA and then lead to different proteins. So if we want to make like a special protein, so I, I don't want to negate all this when you talked about 
what's happening in science before 2019, insulin is made this way. So if there's any diabetics out there, this is how your insulin is made. Insulin is a protein. So scientists take a plasmid and they do what's called encode it. They, they put instructions in there to make RNA, to make insulin as a protein. And that's what people are putting in their bodies. So this isn't anything that's new when it comes to making a protein that's put in your body. So it's like putting a recipe for like a cake and then the, so they, they take the plasmids out of the bacteria and then they Frankenstein it and they, they put different things in there because they wanted to make a different kind of RNA that's going to, then the RNA makes the protein, then they, sh they shove it back into the bacteria. And then these plasmids have different sections on them that do different things. Uh, they have ones for antibiotic resistance, ones called an SV, they can use different promoters. Right now, we've been talking about what's called a simian virus promoter, SV40 promoter. Then there's something that makes it replicate itself. And the plasmids that were found in Pfizer can replicate themselves, I think, up to 200 times from what's been discovered. So these bacteria, so like when we talk about the RNA jabs, this was a starting point for making those. They, they used bacteria called E. coli. And then the bacteria act like little factories and the bacteria will grow and multiply and then they'll make copies of the plasmids inside of them. And when the RNA, like call them jabs, um, when that was first rolling, there are ways to separate out. So the, the plasmids inside the bacteria are then making RNA. And they don't need any special material or machinery really to do that. It just happens a lot faster than like a RNA will make a protein in the human body. So it happens really quickly. But when these jabs were made, the plasmids make the RNA. And the RNA and the plasmids were supposed to be separated out before the RNA was then mixed with all of those lipids to make this particle that looks like a ball. I think I used like an orange analogy before where there's... Yeah. The orange is a fruit where there's different parts of the orange, like the RNA would be on the inside where the seeds would be, and then it'd be surrounded by different types of lipids that kind of contained it. Well, but Kevin McKernan, he's an MIT and genomics expert, and then others have now replicated. Uh, they, Kevin sent off vials and then a case of Pfizer, Moderna, he did J&J, but he also sent it to an outside independent company called Illumina. And this company, Illumina, does gene sequencing all over the world. And he didn't tell them what was in it. He just said, sequence this, tell me what's in there. And Illumina, and I believe this has been confirmed on at least one or two other continents, they found that one third by volume of those, of like the vial, of the liquid vial of what the lipid nanoparticle and the RNA that they're injecting in people's arms, one third of that vial is DNA plasmid, and it's not supposed to be in there. Uh, we, I know Kevin posted some documents from Pfizer that stated they were allowing a minimal amount, but there should be none in there if it landed in the lipid nanoparticle, because that means it can go into the nucleus. What happens when? What can happen when it ends up in the nucleus? Wow. So how much time do we have, Richie? Are we on for like an hour and a half? I just want to be mindful of 
yeah, we're coming up for um, three minutes to the top of the air now, and I'm on air till we've got till about five minutes. We've got an hour from here. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, and there's more than just entering the nucleus too, because uh, you know. Um, so all right. So there's there's a, a few things that are happening with the the plasmids. Um, number one, without even talking about the nucleus, there are lipids that are inside the lipid nanoparticle. If you think of it as like a sphere or an orange, and some have a positive charge to them. And then the RNA, just to talk about that for a second, that has a negative charge to it. So I just want to explain, like if you think of sodium chloride, table salt that you eat, the sodium has a plus one charge to it. And it is bound when we eat sodium to a chloride molecule that has a minus one charge to it. And those charges add up to zero. You couldn't eat sodium, you'd explode. If you go on YouTube, I'm not not being dramatic. If yeah. you go on YouTube and you, you can look at like people throwing pieces of pure sodium in a lake, they are wearing really thick gloves that protect them because the, the sodium has to be bound to something that's negatively charged. Like there there's all kinds of medications that people take and that they, they have to have you want them to have a neutral charge. And I don't want to say that things will be exploding in the body or kind of I'm just trying to like talk about how you add things up to equal zero. So when there are these lipid nanoparticles and there are numbers of positively charged lipids inside and then the RNA on the inside and the center has a negative charge, those add up and they kind of balance out and there's a more scientific way to explain it, which is in my substack when I break things down. But the lipid nanoparticle itself is supposed to be neutral, like the table salt you would eat or closer to minus three. So when the plasmids are not being separated out, those plasmids have a really high negative charge, higher than the RNA. And there is no reason at all, because it's the only spot in the whole production process when the RNA and the plasmids were supposed to be separated out and they weren't, they went into the same next process of getting sucked up into the lipid nanoparticle. So then the plasmids, the little circular rings, ended up, some of them had to have gone inside the lipid nanoparticle. So as long as that didn't break down, because they, studies have also shown that uh, when they're frozen, the lipid nanoparticle, that they're breaking apart and coming apart. If some of them didn't break down, that means that those lipid nanoparticles now have a higher negative charge. And this company called Precision Nanosystems, who actually make lipid stuff in nanotech all day long, like they, they work with RNA all the time. They, they did studies where they injected into rats and they went into the muscle and they, they manipulated the amount of the positive charges versus the negative charges. And if it was neutral, I don't know if I'm losing people here, but when they, when they adjusted it just to see what would happen and if they put more RNA inside, more negatively charged stuff, it wouldn't matter if they aspirated. Like I know Dr. Dr. Campbell, John Campbell, I love him to death. I watch his YouTube channel. Yeah, he was talking about if you aspirate on the injection, it won't leak into the the veins or the blood vessels. If it has a negative charge on it, it won't matter because it'll get attracted to the, our blood is a little positive charge going. So it'll leak right in and that would go to the, the heart and the brain. The and that, that would also create blood clots. 
So that would be an explanation for that. Uh, or if the RNA or plasma leaked out and you just had the positive charge, uh, that goes right to the lungs. Uh, so that would cause the clots we're seeing in the lungs. But as far as the going to the nucleus and the DNA, that that's a that's a really scary situation. Um, that's uh, that, that's there. There's a whole host of things it can do. The people responsible for manufacturing these jabs. Is it fair to say that they must have known this stuff, that this couldn't be? accidental, an oversight on their part, I mean, just to be entirely fair to everybody involved. Is this something in your experience that could happen by accident or or not? That's a, that's a question. Uh, in the projects that I've worked on, you know, they've been smaller amounts, maybe the amount of like a liter or two liters. Sometimes we did, you know, I've done really large projects, but they've been purified over and over and over again. And that's not something that I've seen on any quality control with the companies I've worked for where those have been present. And so when you ask if they knew about it or not, Kevin McKernan just uh, published a substack, I believe a week ago, where they got a hold of the actual Pfizer document that lists that they knew the, plas- the plasmids were in there. And then they gave a, an arbitrary amount where they said, this amount's okay. So so they saw that it was in there, but they let it roll anyway. Could, could, could they, again, is it fair to ask or to suggest that, that it's a bit disingenuous of them to say that the amount that was in there was okay? How, how could they possibly know that? So that's... Uh, that, that's what I've been talking to other yeah. scientists about too, that, you know, that, uh, I mean, there's people out there with far more experience than I have, but to know that, that if that plasmid, it, it wouldn't matter if it got into the lipid nanoparticle or not, it can still make it into the nucleus. But if it goes into the lipid nanoparticle, which it has no reason not to, that means it actually has what's called a, a nuclear transport gene on it that makes it want to go into the nucleus anyway. So when it, enters the cell, the lipid nanoparticle, and breaks apart, the RNA is going to bounce over to the ribosome to make a protein, but then the the nucleus of the cell will say, oh, hello, like, here's this plasmid, come on in, and it's going to go in. But even if it, it wasn't in the lipid nanoparticle, our cells divide, and the nucleus gets exposed. Um, more cells, and usually the, the skin divide more often in the, the gastrointestinal tract. You know, cells divide in the brain and the heart too, but cells divide too. And if that entered the plasmid while cells dividing, that can get incorporated, that, that uh, the genetic material can be taken up. And what does that mean now, the genetic material being taken up? Does that mean that the cells that are produced thereafter have have a problem yeah. because of this? Yeah, that's what Dr. Bakhti has said as uh, as well. Uh, Kevin's gone on video. I think his name's Dr. Bakhti. Uh, there's been several doctors and uh, immunologists speaking about this too. Uh, that uh, so it doesn't so if it, it makes its way in there. That's not the the only major bad thing. There's this prom, there's what's called a promoter on the plasmid, and it's called an SV40 promoter. And these scientists chose every part that they put into this plasmid. 
that's a simian virus promoter that's linked to cancer. It's oncogenic. And they put it in there because it's supposed to do what's called increased transcription activity. It does a few things. But bottom line, they put a oncogenic SV40 promoter on these plasmids. We have different cells. When you talked about my like my substacks sub that I've written, we've got different proteins in the body and different things in the body that this SV40 promoter, this little thing on this plasmid, can grab onto, latch onto, and it will start driving what it does, kind of like it took over the car. If it got a hold of what's called a, a dead box protein, which I kind of wrote about, there's different kind of proteins in the bodies um, that which can tr- control the turning off and on of certain genes that cause cancer. If it if it connected with one of those, um, that that could could drive turbo cancer. If someone already had the start of cancer, if they had what was called dysplasia or cells that were already moving it towards that direction, and then you introduced what's called this SV40 promoter into that that process, that could speed that up. Because we we've been seeing reports of you know you know people dying yeah. rapidly where they just found out they have cancer and they're dead. Uh, just a, I mean, when you talked about your your situations, both my both my parents um, have cancer, and uh, they both uh, they both got both jabs, and it made it worse. And uh, uh, my brother was just in the hospital. Uh, then my uncle was uh, in there for two weeks with blood clots and his lung and pneumonia. So everyone's been getting really sick from these. But as far as the cancer, like I have a friend's son. Um, I know people that have gotten you know multiple vaccines and boosted. Uh, he's 18 and he's having surgery on his brain to remove a tumor in three weeks, and he's 18. So this this promoter. So it, of course it's not happening with everybody because yeah. you know five billion people on the planet. So I don't want to freak people out when I say this that say you're automatically going to get cancer. No, no, sure. but if it's a possibility, it is a possibility, and it must be spoken right. of. And you you did mention to me. Um, privately about your your family, and please God, your family will be fine. Your mum and dad will will get through it. Are they open to the possibility? Are they open minded to the possibility that the jabs might be involved? Yeah, they're watching me now. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. you know that's so that's refreshing hard. that because when when I've asked that question previously, because I have spoken to others who who um, who have had a family member injured by a jab and when I asked the same question you know does mum now you know usually the answer comes back no no mum's going to have another jab is usually the answer but your parents are certainly not going to have another jab right no and again this the possibility right you you said this you you use the term onco something or other like um, something that might cause to a mutation that might lead to cancer. Again, thanks, Christy. Again, the question has to be asked, would this have been something that they ought to have been thinking about? Yes, because the SV40 promoter, it's called, um, just to pick on that thing, again, that's only a little part of the plasmid. Okay, so number one, DNA plasmids introduced into the human body are toxic. They can destroy cells. Uh, They can bind they can kind of attach themselves to things they're they're not they're not supposed to, like other proteins that might be responsible for turning cancer on 
or off. So it actually might have, you know, there's studies that show it, it could it could go bounce the other way. But, you know, there, there hasn't been a lot of studies of injecting plasmids into the human body like this. Because again, this isn't, you know, when people talk about gene therapy, this plasmid wasn't designed to help someone who's suffering. So when you talked about the projects that I've worked on, things have been designed specifically to help people who are suffering. So this was what's called a starter plasmid. It was just this bulk thing that's being injected into people. So already it's toxic. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you know they, they knew because there's studies out there that show SV40, this promoter is linked to causing cancer and that it, it plays a role in toxicity in the body. There's also, it was really interesting, Dr. Hazen, Sabine Hazen, if anyone's familiar with her, she's done studies and she's been on Livewire and uh, I think Epoch Times. And she did a study where she found that the bacteria in people's guts were dying off, but she wasn't sure why. And then, you know, I had linked her up with a study that shows if bacteria are made to make a protein too much, they, they, they'll kill themselves to protect themselves. So there's a study that that shows if you try to make bacteria make a protein, which was was happening in the human body, because these plasmids can also enter our bacteria. And bacteria lives in our body three to one, bacteria to human cells, three to one. So I don't know if, if everybody was aware of that, that we have more bacteria as a part of us than we do human cells. But there's studies that show that the plasmids themselves can make proteins that will make bacteria kill, them, kill themselves, and that would be what's causing that. And then they've used that S40, SV40 promoter in studies with antibodies to make antibodies do what are called class switch. And I think I like we talked about yeah. that on the last podcast where there's there's all these studies showing out where the the COVID jabs are causing people to make antibodies that don't do anything. They just fire blanks. So in the past, they've used this SV40 promoter specifically to do that, to to do what's called a class switch on an antibody to make it, to, to take on a different, what's called isotope, to make it do something differently or not work at all. So let's say they injected this into people. They knew there was variation on the amounts um, and it, it's shocking to us that they, they they didn't do proper studies on it. That they just played fast and loose with this stuff. And you mentioned about us having more bacteria in our bodies and cells. And you said that this causes bacteria to, to die off or to commit suicide. And that sounds to me like this could lead to, I'm not trying to be big-brained here because I'm not, but that sounds to me like your immune system could become very weakened by something like that if the bacteria is dying off we have a you have a combination of what's called uh the class switch igg4 the there's been if anyone's read about that uh, like in the news where people getting vaccinated are getting sicker and sicker whenever they get covid because their body can't fight it off because the body is making antibodies that do nothing they're just it's like you're loading a gun with blanks and then you've got most of your bacteria is in your gut. And they're, they're, you know, I've been talking to nurses and doctors and people posting to and, and doctors speaking as well that they are finding their patients are missing some of the gut bacteria that they're supposed to have and they're getting sick. And that has a, 
different roles, just not your immune system, but there's the brain gut access. But then also... uh, Christy, sorry, can I interrupt interrupt you there just briefly? Sorry about that. Uh, Christy Grace is our guest. So when you say that they're missing gut bacteria, because over the years, a number of um, people, um, doctors, nurses who have um, really looked into homeopathy and complementary medicines. I've been told repeatedly for years on this programme that your gut bacteria is as important as the lungs and the heart in your body. Would you go along with that? It's a pretty big deal, yeah. It's central to your overall health, like to your your, your health outlook, your gut bacteria. Yeah, it's been linked to depression. Uh, yeah, there's there's several studies coming out of the different things that gut bacteria is linked to. Yeah, because um, somebody said to me recently that the hor- horrific nature, the our, our food, our very heavily processed, very unnatural food, now is leading to so many people having problems. Obviously, pro- some problems that that begin in the gut, in the stomach, but but that lead elsewhere. I'm sorry for interrupting you there, but it's just it comes up time and time again. So forgive that interruption. But you were saying. I'm sorry it's needed. It's fine. You can tell me to shut my mouth. No, 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 I wouldn't do that. <laughs> we might have an answer to the question about butter wouldn't melt in her mouth, by the way. <laughs> a, a listener has been looking into it. Apparently, <laughs> apparently you swore the cheek of you. You swore last time, which is a good thing. Um, I occasionally drop the F-bomb on this programme, even though it is a live radio programme and it is going out on radio uh, fab radio in manchester and elsewhere i do swear sometimes um you swore and i laughed and said if you look at christy you would imagine butter wouldn't melt in her mouth that's where it came from okay colleen donna as we say in guelga in gaelic colleen donna bad girl you swore you dropped the f-bomb so there you are but that's good no harm in that so anyway yeah i've distracted you now because this is really important will will before you carry on with this um tutorial in how these things are happening. Will anybody ever go to prison for this? I hope so. You know, because you've got people like Stu Peters talking about executions and stuff. I mean, I just say, you know, grow up like with this execution nonsense. This is just clickbait stuff, you know. I'm not a big fan of the death penalty. He's the friggin' loop. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's just, um, he's, um, he, we would say he's a pound shop Alex Jones. He's a bargain basement Alex Jones, basically. Um, a fanboy. And listen, that might be a bit unfair. I've never met Stu Peters. But um, I want these people to go to prison someday, Christy. If they knew that this could happen in the bodies of our friends and our family, those who trusted them and took the jabs, you know, they ought to be put on trial. They should be given a fair trial. But go to prison. I mean, this is... It's genocidal, isn't it? If, if they knew. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's just no way that... Can't prove it. I think that could have happened. It passed through so many hands. And a lot of this stuff that we're talking about isn't that high level in the field. Yeah. It's pretty known information that if you put plasma DNA inside of a lipid nanoparticle, it's going to go into the nucleus. And again, it doesn't have to even be in the lipid nanoparticle to, to get in the nucleus because the, the cells are 
our cells divide. So it just depends on what point it enters. And again, we know not everybody's not everybody yeah. answer that it just depends on which cell it lands, where it lands in the cells, what, you know, what happened because there's certain mechanisms in the body that can take care of it. So if it didn't, there's uh, things that break down RNAs and DNA. There's things that are in the body. Some aren't there though, but there's, uh, there's been also an emergence of reactivation of viruses like uh, shingles coming from chicken pox. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've been talking so, about this on UK media. In fact, they've just put an advertisement on... Um, most of our TV channels are carrying an ad warning people about shingles. Would you believe that? Well, there's probably a reason for that. Because they know. Well, that's that. we speculate, of course. Let me do this, right? You're listening to Christy Grace. Christy is an expert, certifiable in RNA, LNP and recombinant proteins. She is a biotech expert. She's worked on these treatments before COVID and told us last time that there were problems back then. This is before Christy knew that they were going to be putting this stuff into COVID jabs. And here's a, here's a human question for you. How difficult is it to be you? Like, you know this stuff. This is your area of expertise. And you're a woman of science. And it must be driving you crazy. Because, you know, before all this, like, you must be thinking, well, this should just stop, right? Because we, we know this, we can prove this, and people shouldn't get it. But you know that people are continuing to, 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 to turn up, roll their sleeves up and have these things. It can't be easy being you or your colleagues either who are um, alive to this and who know that this is going on. Like, is that a difficult thing for you to um, to cope with sometimes? Yep. I've shut down my Twitter account multiple times. I had a Substack previously and I shut the whole thing down and deleted it. Uh, I don't drink or smoke, but I have smoked cigarettes. Um, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes when I was a teenager. So there, there's been nights when I was writing the other substacks and, and things that I'd be talking to people about. And, you know, I would just start crying. Like, I, I don't, I don't like looking at any of the photos of people being harmed or yeah. hearing, you know, that it's, it is very upsetting. Um, I'm switching careers. So I have not wanted to get canceled. And I know I've sent you some private yeah. messages about yeah. things I've done in the past, but uh, I, I've been at, grad school and university to change careers and get out of biotech. But uh, it's been, it's been really, really upsetting. Um, also the threats and the harassment, um, my, my first harassment physically came outside of Twitter March of last year, but that was after, that was about something else I had reported on and I got hit with threats from activists in another arena that you talk about. Um, with the different ideology in the woo. And then I had another threat come in this summer. I got threatened uh, by a person at the hospital who knew who I was uh, locally. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've had people tell me I better watch my back, my family. I had someone call, the first time I was harassed last year was uh, someone contacted me outside of Twitter to my phone and said that they had just read my grandma's obituary and had the names of my family members and I better shut my mouth. So there's been times where I've stepped away or I, I feared for my safety or my family, but then I, you know, I just kept going. Nothing prepares you for that. I 
I guess. I mean, I, I've never had, you know, anything it's like that. It kind of sucks in dating. I was just like joking to someone. I'm like, how can I fucking date? Pardon yeah. my, pardon my French. Uh, you see, I, and you think butter wouldn't I, melt in her mouth, dear listener, eh? You see, <laughs> he says, going back to the future. So that's something that you would even consider. So you might meet a nice guy and you might think, be nice now to go for a cup of coffee with him, maybe have a drink. But you've got to keep this in mind. Yeah, what I'm speaking about, what I'm doing, because uh, it did come up when I hopped on a dating app and I, I used my nickname when I was on dating apps and uh, someone said they, they recognized me. So then I, I fear for my my safety because there's a lot of loonies out there. Yeah, you're an expert in this field and you basically sound the alarm. You're in a building, basically, and you know there's a fire. And you're telling people, look, there's a fire there. Not only are people, it's bad enough that some people are saying, ah, Christy, you're a bit of an idiot. In fact, it's just a bit warm. Uh, calm down, woman. That's bad enough. But you've also got people saying, if you don't stop saying there's a fire, Christy, we're going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, so I had, yeah. I had, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry, Richie. So I'm not the only one who's been targeted. Andrew Huff has been. Uh, he was on social media before I was raising the alarm on this stuff where he had his car tampered with. Matthew Crawford, who has done a lot with military intelligence, uh, either someone tried to run him off the road or he had a home break in, I forget which one it was. But I recently lost steering and the brakes in my car about a month ago. And you know, I have a ex-military friend and then a former hostage negotiator friend that said I needed to make a decision whether I was going to keep going or fortify my home and buy weapons and what I was going to do. Well, that's not an option, fortifying the home and buying weapons. What, Arnold Schwarzenegger over there, I mean, Jesus, what's going on? Do you know what it is, right? They don't care about the radio show hosts. They don't give a damn. They don't give a damn about the GPs, the general practitioners, coming on programmes to say the jabs are harmful. They don't. They will try to destroy them on Twitter and they will laugh at them and they will ban them. But they do care about people like you. There's no doubt about that. The scientists, you know, the ones who've worked in the labs. Yeah, I get that. I understand it. Where they'll ridicule doctors and they'll just trust, you know, that they can throw enough mud at them and nobody cares. But with people like you, yeah, I can I can see why they would um, take extra measures and would try to scare you and threaten you. And I'm really sorry you've had to put up with that nonsense. I really am. And I don't blame you for changing careers. You've still got the courage to come on shows like this to talk about it, but... Wow. Uh, going back, Richie, when you mentioned the reactivation of viruses, that yeah. SV40 promoter has actually been studied to do that. So the, the little thing on the plasmid that we keep talking about that's a promoter, I guess the only thing, without going to the heavy science of what exactly it does, that uh, it actually can interact with this thing called a condensate in a cell. I guess just a long story short is it can inter interact with this thing called a condensate, which will reactivate dormant viruses. And uh, that promoter again on that plasmid would be the explanation for that. Yeah, because we, we carry around a lot of dead... You said this to me last time, and I interviewed Bakhti very early on in the scam, um, Sacharit Bakhti, and speaking of targeting... Um, they tried to destroy him and 
get a, a hate crime conviction against him, but they failed apparently. Uh, breaking news today, they failed. He he won his case in Germany. But he said to me that we carry around a lot of dead viral viruses and some of those dead viruses were triggering the PCR tests, weren't they? So the PCR test was saying somebody was positive for COVID, but that was nonsense. It might have been a bit of dead virus. So you're saying to me that the dead viruses could be reactivated. That's just by the plasmids. By the plasmids. And you're right, Christy, by the way. Listen, I hear from GPs who are in general practice and they tell me all the time, I've never known people to be so sick, Richie. Never known people to be so sick. You know, where they'll get a bit of flu in the winter. They'll, it'll lay them down for two or three days. They'll feel miserable and they'll feel sick and they'll feel fed up. But three days later, they're fine. I spoke to a doctor recently and she said to me, these are unshakable, these flus and these um, seasonal viruses. They're, they're lasting two, three weeks. They're really hurting people. And that goes along with what you just said to me now. Right. But the, the plasmid again, it's the SV40 promoter. It's this little spot on that DNA circular ring that the scientists Frankenstein together. That There's a, a whole pathway, and I describe it in one of the the substacks if people go to my Twitter, I think I posted it underneath yours. I know not everybody's on Twitter, but if, if you can link that up too with your radio show website, that uh, it explains the pathway of that part of the plasmid interacting and forcing the antibodies to change to something that they're not attacking the right things or they're just hanging out and it's just like nothing. they're they're impotent. They they've not got any. There you go. Do well when the program is finished. If you get a quick second, if you send me those links, I will put them on the podcast notes. Right, I can put six, seven, eight, nine links underneath the podcast notes, which will just be. Um, Richie spoke to Christy Grace today, the bio um, tech expert, and then we'll just put the links. Um, so we we can do that. Lots of messages. You won't be surprised. I have an app now since we last spoke. I have an app. I'm going up up in the world, getting very posh here at the Richie Allen Show. Uh, Christine is in Limavady in Derry. Richie, Big Pharma have long and far-reaching tentacles and Big Pharma has unending dollars. People have been claiming that a doctor, Rashid Buttar, might have been tampered with because he's been very outspoken about outspoken even about vaccine injuries and stuff like that. But the thing is, we just don't know. I mean, anything is possible. But I didn't know Dr. Rashid Buttar, and I didn't interview him. Um, he didn't want to come on the programme, I think, two years ago or three years ago. Fair enough. That's his choice. Do you have any comment on that, or do we just move on? What do you think? There's been speculation on the cause of his death. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know, do you? I know Erin Elizabeth has been speaking about it. I think she's involved with health not news or health freedom news or uh, or something. Uh, Christy Grace is our guest today. Um, God, and what can we do? So you give this information to people, right? We can share it. Of course we can. We can talk about it here. But is there anything else we can do? Me, the journalist, the listeners. Because otherwise you're work and your efforts are for nothing unless people run with it what can we do do you think is there anything that comes to mind 
You described the headspace that I've been in recently. Yeah, what can we do, yeah? I've kind of thrown my hands up in the air, and I thought, do I keep going? And then I've got people talking to me outside of Twitter who are nurses or doctors, people who are anonymous, who are working in clinics, who said that you know, they follow me anonymously because they're not able to speak out, but they're trying to look at the information that we're posting because they're trying to help their patients and find a way to track back of what caused their injuries. And if they're they're trying to, you know, there's protocols out there and try to heal them. And I guess just what you're doing right now, having me on the show is fantastic because we're reaching people outside of Twitter because that's really a bubble. Yeah, it is, yeah. Echo chamber. So thank you so much for that. Not at all. The, the program was set up to do that back in 2014, to speak to people who are experts in any given field, but, but they're banned from commercial and national media. That's what we do here. We don't do anything special. It doesn't warrant much um, of anything other than it's the right thing to do. I'm a journalist. It's the right thing to do is to speak to people who are qualified. If I the, appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. If the media had done this at the very beginning of the COVID nonsense, and, and didn't ban the Oxford University academics and the Harvard academics who said that lockdowns were dangerous. We wouldn't be speaking now. I would have never met Christy Grace because it, would, it wouldn't have happened if the media did its job and said, hang on a second, lockdown healthy people? Are you crazy? And there were plenty of men and women saying that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Total bats. Next time we do this, we'll be in vision, and um, I, I wear a, I'm going to wear a balaclava. That's what I'm going to do. Um, really? Well, until I get my um, dent dentistry done done with, I look like How's cross. Your mouth feeling? Well, I look like sloth from the Goonies. I think. I mean, I'm bald anyway. I mean, I'm I'm pretty fit. And by fit, I don't mean the English meaning of fit, which means attractive. I'm fit in terms of that. I'm very very physically fit. But um, I'm missing half of the teeth on my upper right palate, mouth, mouth. I'm just destroyed. I've got to wait for some shrinkage until I get a partial, um, what do they call it? A partial, um, uh, not denture, because a denture would, 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 would change my speech uh, pattern, but um, a bridge. And then I get a temporary bridge, and then three months later I'll get a, a full permanent bridge. Yeah, so I'm not, you know... It's not fun, Christy. But people are not threatening to kill me because I'm a scientist and I'm doing the decent thing and explaining how, you know, ex explaining down to the nth degree just how these jobs are causing cellular um, problems in the human body. So I can't complain too loudly because, um, uh, you, you know, your situation is far more tenuous than mine is. But there you I go. I don't think that way. That's still something that you're dealing with. I hope that goes well. Yeah, it's the dentist. I hate them, all of them. I would nuke they them. Mean well. They mean well. Do you have like the vision of Little Shop of Horrors in your head when you go and Steve <laughs> yeah. Martin? I do. And I was going to break into song because I do sing in some <laughs> bands, but I stopped myself. I'll give you a million bucks if you can tell me who starred in the original Little Shop of Horrors. I don't. I don't. Really I think know. it was Jerry Lewis, but I'm probably wrong. I'm always wrong, me. Christy Grace is our guest. She is on Twitter at underscore Christy Grace underscore. 
But more importantly, you will find her on Substack. I do recommend you go there. If you are too lazy to write this down, dear listener, I'm going to put all of this on the podcast notes. That is christylauragrace.substack.com. She is a scientist, a woman of science and research and experiments and more experiments and um, is an expert in M or, excuse me, I should say, or N-A, uh, LNP and recombinant proteins. She's blowing the whistle. She is saying, look, we know that these, um, and she's explaining it, you, you know, talking about the lipids, the lipid nanoparticles, the proteins, how it works and how it goes wrong and how maybe they must have known that this wasn't good for the human body and that this might explain why people are so sick. Why, did you say turbo cancers? Because that's a really yeah. good way of explaining it. Why people are coming down with cancer, why people who had mild cancer or treatable cancer are all of a sudden finding the cancer has accelerated. And she's doing her best to get this information out there. And she's got some very interesting colle- colleagues, Kevin McTernan, right? McKernan, yeah. McKernan, not McTernan, McKernan. And, Dr. Bakhti uh, as well has been speaking out. Um, there's several, Jessica Rose, I'm trying to think of the other people that are Everyone seems to be in their own category. Dr. Kevin McCairn, M-C-C-A-I-R-N, originally your side of the pond is now in Japan. He is a neuroscientist and he's discovered a lot about the spike protein in the body and the jabs and its amyloid properties to being the equivalent of like prion disease. Jesus. So there's... There's, I think there's several of us that are kind of honing in on our own little niches. Yeah. Where, where I've been focusing on the lipid nanoparticle and really honing in on that because there's ways that it can clump together and it's causing blockages in vessels. And again, if it's got these plasmids in it, then it's going to be more negative and you know that's going to go, that's going to cause clots just like AstraZeneca did. And kind of the same mechanism there. Uh, when you asked about what, what people could do me personally, I don't, I don't know if, you know, that caller talked about big pharma and what are we battling against? Um, and I've had people in my DMs saying it's time to create your own support systems in life and make sure you have people physically around you that you can lean on when the, the shite does hit the fan. Yeah. And because at one point, you know, it might get worse. We know that the, the vaccines that have been using viruses going forward, they're turning, Pfizer's turning into RNA-based. So uh, we need to get this out of, out of circulation. Uh, not only does the, and there's something, I don't even know if I put that in another Substack. I'm so behind because I'm at university as well, uh, graduating soon in graduate school while I'm doing all of this and then living my life and then deciding if I'm going to date or not while I'm getting threats. So while I'm out in nature petting puppies, when you asked how did I do it, I live a I'm pretty fit like you, where I'm active a lot. Yeah, you run as um, well. You run 10 miles, though. You see how voyeuristic I am? I read your tweet <laughs> from a few days ago. You run 10 miles. That, 8 to 10 um, miles a day, usually, yeah. That embarrasses me. Well, I do 5 miles every day. That's 7 days a week. No no, no That's time amazing. Off. Yeah. Yeah, not but too I'm bad. I'm nature, too, and I'm petting dogs, and I get to talk to people. So I, I, I'm always running on different parts of the trails. So I, I feel like it's my... That's my relaxed time and my de-stress time. Yeah. And I feel like the cardio and the physical benefits I get are the byproduct. I go ma- I go mainly to talk to people and pet their dogs. I know we talked about that I need to get another dog. Oh, dogs. Because mine, 
Don't, yeah. don't start. Oh. I mean, they are they are wonderful, but they are such a pain in the arse dogs as well. They're, I love ours. I love them. But they're they're a couple of bastards as well. I mean, they really are, you know. I mean, you want them, to, you enjoy the puppiness, but then you wish that they would quickly become four years old and then stay yes. four years old and behave. Are you studying online or are you going to campus? Uh, my clinicals are in person, so I'm in Brilliant. I'm in that stage, yeah. Hilarious. So what, what is it like um, being with 20-somethings? Because we give them a really bad rap that they're very, very woke. Maybe that's unfair. That they are glued to smart devices, that they don't have much of an attention span, and that they're very narcissistic. And I think these are generalizations that might be unfair. What What's your experience been? Unfair. I, there's a range of ages at university where I'm at, but uh, a lot of the younger people that I've spoken to have pretty good heads about them. They know more than I knew it when I was their age. Uh, they're more reflective about the world and they're taking in more, probably because they have access to the internet, but yeah. I've had really great experiences that some have become friends. That's lovely to hear that because they do get a bashing, don't they, 20-somethings, Fr yeah. from every angle. And of course, they're not all uh, the bloody same. Let's get some comments in before we end up running out of time. Is I didn't want to run out of time. I'm so sorry. And there was like... No, no, it's good. This is good. This is how it goes. Listen, this is good. It's oh, so the plasmids. Yeah. The plasmids uh, report came out about um, birth defects. Uh, so when the when a pregnant mother takes, you know, the RNA was one thing, but uh, women who are pregnant, because only women can be, when they if they take that jab with the plasmids in there, it's going to cross up the placenta. And uh, when we talk about birth defects, those cells are dividing and changing all over the place. So the plasmids, even without that, what's called that SV40 promoter, yeah, you know, it will will drive birth defects. Because we're, we're seeing, doctors have been reporting just an increase of all, not just cleft palate, but all kinds of birth defects happening right now. We've had about 20 questions on that before you brought it up. That's a bit spooky. Questions from uh, Elaine, from Alan, from Isabel, from Martin, from Brian, asking about the effects to the fetus for women or the potential. And, and that's what I really like about you. you you're talking hypotheticals and potentials like it's not going to be for everybody but right. that that's irrelevant it's possible it's still bad enough it's bad and here's the question i wanted to put to one you one person's right? bad enough if it happened with one baby stuff should have been yanked immediately i met a guy last year in the park and he scolded me about the radio show scolded me for putting out misinformation and um i'm a genial guy so i i asked him what 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 problem did he have with me speaking to a university graduate who said that we should be careful about the jabs or about lockdowns and he didn't have an answer and i said to him but shouldn't why should we listen to the bbc or the cnn doctors if there's another doctor who's equally as qualified Shouldn't we listen to those doctors as well? And I swear to God, Christy, the guy said no. The BBC were right to ban them because they're dangerous. We're in a pandemic. And I couldn't get it through to the guy. He couldn't see the simplicity of my argument. I said, but these are equally qualified doctors. 
how can you be certain that the BBC and CNN doctors are right and they're wrong? And I'm speaking to you now, this eminently qualified woman in, in, in this um, field. What happened to people? I mean, if you say to me, be very careful about taking those jobs, this could happen. I'm not going to have the job, I'm not going to take a chance. But something has happened in the brain of many, many people. That ability to think critically and to weigh up the evidence and to say, well, listen, we've got this woman, Christy, we've got Kevin, we've got these people, we've got Bacti. I'm not taking a chance. That's the logical response. But they've been conditioned somehow to say, no, 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 forget those doctors and those scientists and those researchers. And you're like, Jesus Christ, they've got the same qualifications, man. How can you be so sure? That spooks me, Christy. Do you know that? That really scares me. Me too. Yeah. Especially when I talk to my own doctors or places I've had to go and I decide if I'm going to keep my mouth shut or not when when we just talk about whatever. That some of the, the doctors are still pushing for everybody and uh, they're... They're still wearing masks. When we talk about jogging, there's people wearing N95s, respirators when I'm out on the trails on 200-acre span of land. And then I think that I feel sorry for them because they're living in a state of fear and they've been conditioned to to be fearful. And I know the last show we talked about when you you were talking about whether these things were harmful or not, when I first looked at the released data that was on the FDA's website or CDC and they had the trial data for Pfizer by age group by what they said were adverse events when they weren't adverse events or just side effects like they listed out how many people had a headache in like age 20 to 35 men and how many people got sick or nauseous or had pain at the arm and they listed all of that stuff but they didn't list clot heart attack they didn't list Maddie's condition I don't want to say her name on the show because she's brought up a lot because there's other kids uh, that died too. Uh, you know, those none of those were listed. So I thought at first that they had ironed out the kinks. Yeah. yeah that they knew something that I didn't know. So I was giving them the benefit of the doubt saying, wow. And then I kind of walked around for weeks stunned. Being, Holy crap, is that really happening? Maybe, maybe they figured it out because when you make that in biotech, like so... One of the projects I worked on was for kids with a really devastating disease that are not going to live a long time. And that was a project I worked on back in 2018. And I followed its progression, and it is helping kids. And there's risk to it, but they filter everything out so much more. So I think that that was a big part of it. Things weren't filtered properly. Things weren't done properly. Like you said, they just... They just said, oh, well, we're getting this thing approved. We're just going to go forward anyway. And they kept applying for all these exemptions, too, just to get it on the market. And I remember when somebody else talked about pharma, not to bounce around, but when I was in school initially in the pharmacy path and I was working in clinic in the pharmacy, my preceptor for the the pharmacy program said that uh, medicine had reached a certain point and that we were kind of going out laterally as far as people taking pills and drugs and what could help disease and that the next game changer was going to be biotech. So I absolutely agree with all the other people who are saying um, things were exploited. I don't think that Fauci was like the lead guy in this stuff. I think he was a puppet and you know there's things that were 
people took advantage of situations as well and played their parts. But I have to, I think part of it was getting this stuff on the market because it wasn't, it wasn't before 2020, not like this. I'm going to read Sorry, a, a rant. Yeah, I'm going to read a couple of quick comments. We're, we're, we'll rapidly run out of time for today anyway. We've covered quite uh, a lot today, which um, we, we, we did bounce around, but it's important that we do that. Um, Holly has been on to say that people are taking some action here in the UK. Uh, a group from Stand in the Park have formed the People's Health Alliance Hub in Coventry. They have a low-cost herbal um, apothecary. I can never pronounce that word. Apothecary. Pronounce that for me, Chrissy. How do you pronounce that? You did. Did I pronounce it properly? Yeah, yeah. I know what it means. I'm terrible pronouncing it. Um, four pounds each. They get healing rooms, monthly foraging, weekly medicine making, hot desking, courses and workshops. That's a really interesting initiative, that, Holly. Maybe it's something we should talk about uh, on the programme. Um, let me have a, a quick squint here. There's so many of these coming in now here about various illnesses and about um, mortality rates. And Undertakers blew the whistle, didn't they? Back in, you talked about March 2021, Undertakers in different parts of the world said they... And they were right about the clots, the negative charge on the lipids, yeah. not the positive, the negative charge. Uh, their studies showed it was, there was a study, Russian study, it's one of one of my substacks. I quoted the big long one that they actually did the tests on them, and they are making these really dense, fibrous, spindly clots. So they were right. Here's a question as well. I hate to go down the real demonic, um, and I use the word demonic um, um, loosely, maybe right, because I don't know anything about demons. But I know I didn't believe it. A good, a really good lad, a good pal. Spiro Skouras, who uh, is a good journalist, a very good journalist, um, activist post, and people will find Spiro on, online. He said something to me a couple of years ago, I couldn't believe it. Now, he's not a lawyer, so I knew he, he, he at least believed it himself, so I had to go and double check anyway. But um, vaccines for the, for the um, sceptics, vaccines for the um, vaccine deniers or anti-vaxxers, they're developing vaccines that... If I am a real vaxxer, I love being vaccinated, and you're a bit sceptical, Christy, but you're my next-door neighbour, my vaccine will jump into you. So it doesn't matter if you've said, um, no, thank you, bodily autonomy, I don't want the jab. That's evil, isn't it? Like, yeah. but, but it's in development. Yeah, Might even be finished, for all I know. I, I hate to be so negative and to... You know, to bring the mood down because we've talked about serious stuff, but we've, you know, we've we've kept a kind of um, a kind of a good humoured approach to it today. But how? I mean, I'm not being naive when I say that I like to think that as as ridiculously impotent and inept as our politicians are, and as controlled as they are, that some of them would say, "No, no, no, we will not stand by." while the medicinal regulator approves a spreading vaccine that will go into the refusenics. Am I being naive? Like, Can we hold out some hope that somebody would stop something like that? That's what we're hoping happens in the US by either getting Kennedy in office or, I hate to say, you know, anyone but our Democrats because 
because they're going to stop, hopefully stop it. They're useless. Yeah, it's just evil. Just evil. Evil to be telling people. I mean, they want to fluoridate the water in this country against the wishes of most of the people. It isn't fluoridated in every city. It's only fluoridated in some. It isn't in my city of Salford. But a recent health secretary who uh, has since departed um, said that um, he wanted to introduce legislation to fluoridate the water supply medicating people against their wishes. I mean, this is the stuff of Nazism, really. And that's not uh, a cheap, uh, you know, point I'm making there. It is Nazism to give people medicine without their consent. We've got about three or four minutes left. I'm going to give you those last three or four minutes. I think it's great what you've done, really. You've done enough, really, you know. I mean, if it got to the point where you said, excuse my language, fuck this. I don't, <laughs> you know, I do, well, I don't need to be looking under my car. my life. Yeah. Yes. I don't I, I, I don't need to be getting, you know, Robert De Niro in Casino. I don't need to be getting into the car and ending up on the moon. I don't need that in my life, you know. I wouldn't blame you, really. You've done your bit, really. You, you, you've done your bit. You've said it. It's out there. And uh, But well done for doing it, is what I would say. And I mean that. I don't say that too often to guests, but we've got about 180 seconds Lady of Science, it's over to you to kind of wrap it up. But um, thanks for coming back, and I will put put those links in the uh, in the podcast notes later. Thanks. Wow. So you're asking for my final thoughts? Yeah, Jerry Springer. It's over. It's it's, it's over to Jerry Springer for the, for your final thought. <laughs> Here's my final thought. Go ahead. Um, don't believe everything you see in the news. It's hard to figure out um, who's telling the truth. Uh, when you talked about me saying, fuck it, I'm done with this, I'd try. I would only suggest people try to live their lives and get off of the internet as much as possible and just read scientific stuff and not get all wrecked and try to focus on your life and having fun. And you know, if you run like Richie and I do, get out there on the trails and pet dogs and talk to people and get outside and take advantage and life is short. Even though it's the longest thing we'll ever do. It's not a rehearsal, is it? No, like uh, Ricky Gervais says, I was going to use the C word. Yeah, there's no second helpings. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> Listen, um, great to catch up with you again today. Continued success with the studies and hanging out with the with the cool kids, the 20-somethings. I'm leading a double life, like nobody knows. It's nobody hilarious, knows. huh? Now they do if they listen to this, but... yeah. We have a, it's a, it, this is a live show and it's got a pretty decent reach. I mean, you'd be surprised where somebody might say to you, oh, I did hear you on, on this uh, Irish guy's programme, but, um, but uh, it's unlikely. I mean, a, around Manchester and Salford, when people come up to me, they're usually minimum 30, 35. Minimum. You know, and that, it's lovely when people say, oh, I've heard the show, but I'd like, you'd like to get to the younger folks a bit more, you know. I mean, my 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 hygienist today at the dentist, lovely, lovely girl, but very early 20s, was asking me about what do I do for a living, and you can't get into it in any great depth, but I said, uh, make an independent radio show, it's live, and I tried to give um, time to people who are experts, but who are not favoured by the media, and uh, she had no interest. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> You know, bright girl, very bright girl, obviously, and wants to go on to be a dentist, and please God, she will, but just not remotely interested. But but again, you've given me another perspective. You know, you're seeing 
um, 20 somethings that are interested and, and are engaging. So, um, so yeah. yeah, so just to, to, to continue, as I've already said, the best of everything to you. And um, in the summer, late or midsummer or early autumn, come back on. We'll do it in vision. You can give us a proper tutorial then. Not that it wasn't today, but you'll be able to point. We'll, we'll get you one of those. Um, those things you wear, the teachers wear that special hat, and you can point at um, images and graphics and stuff. But uh, no, thanks who for your says time. You don't have one. Exactly. Who says you don't have one? You see, assumptions are not that. Uh, yeah, right. So I, I've got to get out now. Wrap this up All and right. then get the podcast on. Christy, it's been uh, great to have you back on. Thanks for your time. It means a lot to me and to our listeners. Thank you. Thanks for everybody who called into and listening. Thank you. Thanks, Christy. Christy Grace, live on. Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. Um, terrific lady, an expert in the technologies, RNA, LNP, recombinant proteins, uh, a researcher. She has looked into thousands of microscopes and cells. She was working on the treatments, RNA treatments before COVID, and knew there would be problems even then. And you'll find her on Twitter. I've given the Twitter details already. It's at underscore Christy Laura Grace underscore. And the Substack page is, and I'm going to put this stuff on the podcast notes, christylauragrace.substack.com. Do go and read her and share it with your friends and your family. That is all you can do. They might not want to engage. They might look at you like you need to be locked up and put in a straitjacket. But at least give them the option. It won't um, do you any harm and it won't certainly won't do them any harm. Thanks again to uh, Christy for today. So I, I, I'm pretty sure we will have a guest early on tomorrow. That is um, in the first hour. But what I might do is leave the second hour of the programme tomorrow free for your calls because we didn't do a phone-in last week. And that's um, not right because I want to do one at least every two weeks. But I'd prefer to do them every week because we get such a terrific and um, variety, wide variety of calls and uh, opinions and whatnot. So um, so we'll probably do that uh, tomorrow. We will get on um, a guest and then you will come on and chat with me in the second hour. How about them apples? In the meantime, once again, thanks to Christy. Thanks to you for listening. It is my better half's birthday, so I'm going to go and have a little drink with her. She doesn't imbibe. She will be having a no secco, but I'll have a cold beer, I think. Me thinks a cold beer. And uh, enjoy the rest of the evening, and I hope you do as well. Closing out with Abba and Fernando. Why not? A bit of Abba. Why am I doing that? I'm channeling something. Yes, I got a, an email from Ticketmaster today about the ABBA Avatar show, which I'm never going to attend. See you tomorrow. Until tomorrow. Bye now. Bye.